Well, good morning and welcome to Water and Stone. I'm Dita Randolph. And I am Jenny Randolph. And we're back for week three of the series called Called Out. And as you know, if you've been watching these videos, we talk a little bit about what it means to be called out, to have something inside of you that has to come out. When you hold each other accountable to something that's bigger than yourselves, there's room for growth. And that idea is fundamental to changing the world and all of those big things to forming a church and organizational stuff. That's really, really important. But the deal is it's especially important when you're talking about how to live your life. And so last week we talked a little bit about the big picture idea of called out. And this week we're going to talk about what it means to feel called out in your heart. Yeah, for the, for your individual sake. Yeah. And then next week it's going to be like, once you figure it out for yourself, what does it look like for the rest of your family, for the rest of your community, for the rest of the world, Yeah, really? And I think that's really, it for me, it's a nice pattern. It's a nice way to do that. But I have to mention that we are getting such phenomenal response to this yes, new thank you format. Very much. So thank you so much for all of the encouragement Everybody during the week has gone back and watched it a couple more times. We're picking up new viewers and new members um, because of the new format. And and I think sometimes with the old format, it, it can feel too, quote unquote, churchy. Right. And so this gives people an idea of how religion and spirituality can work in their lives without being too churchy. Yeah, because, you know, the thing is, because we're trying to figure out the quarantine broadcasting format, sometimes it can feel kind of phony. It's like, you know that we're not in a big church sanctuary. Mm -hmm. Let's just be honest with each other. And so I'm really grateful. Everybody's having to stretch a little bit. So we want to thank you for your flexibility as we figure this out. Every week there'll be new things that we're adding and we're trying to listen to the the feedback that we're getting and we've gotten a lot of great feedback not just on a technical level mm -hmm. hey have you tried this what if you sit like this have you tried two cameras instead of one those kinds of things really important and we're so grateful as always to the people running us uh, running the technical stuff but also we've gotten some good feedback from people who were working on the homework and things like that and we'll get to that in just a minute but i did want to say at the very top of all of this before we get into our opening prayer the, there's something really, really powerful about that basic idea of start with the big idea and then work on how that feels in your heart and then do something about it in the world. There's that trinity of mm -hmm. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, mind, idea, expression, spirit, soul, soul body. and body. Mm -hmm. That idea, and it is the way that things work. But I want to remind everybody watching that look at things in your life and make sure that they have that threefold aspect. In other words, are you sure that what you're doing is connected to some kind of a bigger idea, a bigger purpose? Do you really feel it in your heart? If not, why not? And are you doing something about it? A lot of times in life, there's one, maybe two of those things at play. But if you want an impactful life, try to find a way to get to all three levels spirit, soul, and embodiment. And that's when things start to change for you. So with that in mind, with the idea of change in mind and in gratitude for this incredible family that we are figuring out together, let's have our opening prayer. God, God is and, and I am. I stand, stand on, on holy ground. ground. 
Right here and right now, there is truth. Right here and right now, there is freedom. Right here and right now, there is life. This is who I am. I am ready. From now on, I speak the truth. From now on, I choose freedom. From now on, this is my life. The unstoppable love of God prepares the way. I am ready. And so it is and so it does. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so at the top of this conversation, I wanted to say that We've gotten, as I mentioned a moment ago, we've gotten some really good feedback, so much so that I wanted to print yeah, out some of it. Yeah, we wrote the questions, yeah. <laughs> and we got a bunch more things, some of the things that we're saving for later. And some of the things that came in, frankly, were the kind of things that felt like I needed to deal with on a one-on-one basis. And I want to remind everybody that there's still room for that. If you've got a question or a comment or a prayer request or whatever it is, that's that's private. There's still room for that. Not mm-hmm. everything you say is going to get on the show Please let me know if you want to talk on the phone or, or you know, text back and forth even. I've actually done some com- mm-hmm. conversations that are just text and that works for some people. And so that's yeah, great. Absolutely. There's room for all of this. But here are some of the, the public things that have come up. And the first thing that came up actually came up a couple of weeks ago as a, uh, as a question that was typed in during the during our chat during, during the live yeah yeah, yeah exactly. exactly so it was 2 weeks ago when you were doing your workshop presentation to kind of lay out the idea of what called out is going to mean mm-hmm. and um we you know we're there live with you on Sunday mornings at 11 but it is pre-recorded and so we're able to sit and chat with you on Sunday mornings and so this was one that we thought was really poignant and we needed to we needed to ask so somebody asked um, to, they wanted to know the difference between quote unquote drawing out and tacking on, which is basically facts versus truth. Well, and, and I, I, in the moment I gave a very quick answer to that because I don't know if you remember, if you've seen that, the workshop thing from a couple of weeks ago, and if you haven't, please go back and watch it because it's going to make this make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. But I talked about the idea that the word education comes from the root educare, which means to draw out of. Mm-hmm. And what I was talking about is the idea that whenever you've really learned something, that process is that somebody or something, usually a teacher, but it can be an experience, an environment, whatever, a teacher or somebody has drawn out of you something that was already there. And the point that I was trying to make is that you already have what it takes to get where you want to go, to start your journey, to to do whatever needs to be done, because there you are. The fact that you're in a situation is proof that you have what it takes to get through the situation. You are not unprepared. And by that's a really important thing mm-hmm. to know. And so I was talking about the idea that that the important things are things that are drawn out of you. And the question came through and the question basically had to do with the idea of, well, yeah, but what about when you're just, you know, when you're learning facts? What about, you know, arithmetic? What about, you know, how a catalytic converter works or how to jumpstart a car? What about how to paint a house? Nobody drew that out of you. Mm -hmm. And it's a really, really good point. So how does that work? You've learned things that were just told to you and you've learned things that came out of you. So How do you know what's what and what's important? And just as you said, the fundamental idea is the difference between facts and truth. Now, 
Both facts and truth are important. You need facts like how long before your next oil change. You need facts like is the rent due. You need facts in your life. How many cups of sugar make chocolate chip cookies or whatever? These are important things. Mm -hmm. And if you know facts, you can get through life. But the thing is, facts are about you. Like shoe size, your zip code. The truth is you. It is you. And so it is a fact that you're wearing a certain color shirt. And that's significant. You put it on, but it can't tell you who you are. But the truth about you, those are things that provide real identity. So when, what I'm saying is look for the things in your life that cause you to be who you have always been. Look for the things in life that really tell you who you are. And I think a lot of times the problem that people have is that they look for passing things, things that are subject to entropy, as the kind of things that can give them identity. And the thing is, you didn't learn who you are from your shoe size. If that's how you define yourself, if you define yourself by your credit score, you're missing out on so many important and wonderful things. Mm -hmm. And so really what I was getting at then and what I'm trying to get at now is it's okay if you know some facts, but life is not a game of trivial pursuit. Right. It's really funny, but you're talking about that. We have some new neighbors that just moved in next door. And uh, the first thing that the guy of the of that that we met because uh, i think it's a, a man and a woman uh -huh. husband and wife and uh i think we've met we've met him but we haven't yet met her because i think they're still moving in and yeah, yeah, it's getting very, stuff they just moved stuff. In. anyway we have new neighbors it doesn't really matter i guess <laughs> but the first thing that he did was introduces himself tell us his name and then he immediately tell us told us what he did his job his job yeah. and i thought oh wow you know, and it's it's so ingrained in us to identify with that. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing. Those are facts. Those are it is a fact that that's what he does mm -hmm. for his job. But uh, I was kind of proud of us because we didn't tell him what we did. Yeah, because we we just said, hey, this is this is here's our names. This is who we are. And Here's our number if if you, we ever need to pick up a package for you or you know whatever and and it was just a it was just a very nice exchange but it made me think that I was very proud of us that we just didn't say well my name is this and this is who we are we really mm -hmm. shared a piece of who we we try who we to were, you know you it's know? one of those things because but it's habitual yeah. right oh, you ha you and, have to and it's, it's a practice no knock thing. on our neighbor everybody no, no, no. does it no. it's so 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 common. But let's think about the fact that what you do in order to put food on the table, what you do in order to make money, tells you zero about who you are. And here's the test. Here's the difference between what is drawn out and what is tacked on. The difference between facts and truth is this. If it can go away, it can't tell you who you are. Mm -hmm. You can lose the job or get promoted or win the lottery or sell everything and join the circus and you're still you. So it ain't your job. It ain't your zip code. You've probably moved a number of times. If you're watching this, about 50% of the people who watch this are in Florida. So you know what it is to move. No one's from here. You know, it's that kind of a thing. And so can it tell you who you are? And then here's the educational moment. Let's get really good at defining ourselves. Let's get really good at sharing the things that can tell us who we are, not the things that just come and go. There's something really powerful and really, really impactful about that. Can you stick to the truth and let the facts 
come and go. That's the deal. That's what I was trying to say in that question. I hope that provided a little bit of an answer to you. But uh, let me know how that goes. Once again, as you mentioned, we're watching this right now because we pre-record these presentations. So right now, if you're watching it live on Sunday morning at 11 a.m. We're here. We can answer here. those questions. We're yeah. here. It's weird. Get used to it. Yeah, it's one exactly. of those things. <laughs> so we have another question. And this one came in during the week. And it is, how do I share my heart with others? And that's a little bit of a tough one mm-hmm. uh, because it requires vulnerability. It requires openness and it requires being in sometimes uh, an unusual place for people that can feel scary and new and all of it. When you are when you are genuinely sharing a piece of yourself, I think you want it to be in a secure place, in a kind place. If it's not, it can be really intimidating. Well, you know, that's really interesting because I, I we didn't plan it this way, but this question really feeds off of what we just got done saying about mm. share the parts of you that are really, really true. I love it that, remember, share your heart, not your theology is one of the homework questions. And we'll go through all of them. You've had them before. We'll, we'll touch on them every week. Mm-hmm. I love it that people are working on the homework to the degree that they have questions about it. And different people have challenges with different parts of the homework. Different people are really good at different parts of the homework. And, and I love seeing that. But So we're saying, share your heart with people. Not your, not your beliefs. You're not trying to get them to sign up for something. It's not about that. Nobody's subscribing to your newsletter, but rather, how do you, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. And you pointed out something really interesting. I was thinking of it more of a like, well, what's the nuts and bolts? How does that work? But you're right. That's not really the question. The question is, how do I get to that place? What does that really mean? Well, and how do I feel safe enough to do that? Because when I read that question, uh, again, you know, you took it one way and I took it the other, which... Talk about a stereotypical response. Yeah, right? right. Exactly. But I think that that's one of the reasons that it's nice to have kind of a, a couple of opinions yeah. on on the matter. But for me, I think sharing my heart and sharing what's there, you can start small. You can Just start... Just like with everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can start small and you can say, hey, here's my favorite recipe for spaghetti sauce. Don't you, you just go. love earth, wind and fire? You yeah. know, whatever it is. <laughs> you might not want to lead with that, but No, that's it can be isolating. I would lead with that. <laughs> can but, be isolating. But, yeah, but <laughs> you're right. It can but what really moves you? It right. doesn't have to be this is my feeling on the trinity. It right. doesn't have to be this is what I think about lessons in truth or Ephesians right. or whatever. That's great too. Yeah, you don't but, have to throw Bible quotes at me. And, well, and it's I, interesting because when, you know, one of the reasons that I didn't uh, lead with my job when we were talking to our new neighbor is because I am conditioned the other way. I know that when I say I'm a minister, people back up. Oh, boy. People back away. Now up. I know I'm, live, I'm living next to some <laughs> oh, weirdos. Some holy rollers. And then next from door. now on, yeah. I can't yell at my dog in the backyard because the minister's watching. You can't or say, yeah, you can't yeah. say any swears. Yeah. And which, so, if they knew us, they would know that that's exactly, not true. Exactly. But so you don't want to leave. I'm conditioned the other way. And so, in a funny way, it's, it's a funny thing how that can ha- impact. And so, it's okay if you find little places. You know, 
I love, I know that the Starbucks is closer, but there's a coffee place that I just adore because the barista there, uh, she's amazing. She, she knows what she's doing. It's really cool. And I want to support that. Is that a big deal? No, of course it's not a big deal, but it speaks to something that really moves you even in some small way. That's a thing. How do you share your heart with other people? Part of it is saying, you know what? It really bothers me when you make fun of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you always, you're always cutting yourself down and, and I, I, I don't get that. It's, I work with somebody, as you saw, some of you know, I have a day job and my day job involves sitting in front of a computer and doing computery things all the time. And it involves an awful lot of meetings. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy that, that is in a lot of these meetings and he's a wonderful, sweet guy, but every other word out of his mouth is self-deprecating. Mm. So for example, he does this thing if he's, he likes to take notes, you can hear his keyboard clacking, but if he doesn't keep up, he, instead of just saying, Hey, can you repeat that? He'll say, look, I'm deaf as a post. Can you say that again? Uh, and it's like a drinking game. You get to do a shot every time he says he's deaf as a post, or he's just like, my brain's not working today. I haven't had enough coffee. You name it. It's like, he's reading some kind of like demotivational posters. Oh. And, and the thing is, he's a really smart guy. I work with geniuses and he is a really, really smart wonderful guy. And so the other day, I don't know if I told you this, the other day, it just so happened that everyone had signed off of a meeting and you can see in the little thing in Zoom who's left in the meeting. Mm-hmm. And it was just me and him. And I said, hey, hey, can I ask you something real quick? Now it's just you and me. I said, and I didn't really have anything to ask him, but I knew that would keep him on the on the phone, so to speak, for a second. And I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not judging you. Everybody's got their own style, but I just want you to know that that I think you're doing a really great job and I'm really happy that you're running these meetings and I'm really glad to be working with you. Mm -hmm. It's not always easy what we do. And I just want you to know, and it cost me nothing. Yeah. It costs nothing to be nice. And and Mm -hmm. I know that that made his day, but what I didn't do, what I kind of wanted to do, frankly, but I had a chance to think about it. What I wanted to do is get very specific and say, stop saying you're deaf as a post. Stop right. saying you haven't had enough right. coffee because, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he may not have been ready to hear that. He may yeah. not have been ready to accept that. So why not just say, hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. You're awesome. Yeah. And and just do the positive reinforcement from that end. Yeah. And see, that's the difference. Once again, mm-hmm. we say share your heart, not your theology. It would have yes. been more theological yes. if I'd have gone point to point and said, when you say this, it's bad. But instead, my heart is, I like you. You're a good person. But that that's also, my heart. That, and that that's also goes thing. back to facts and truth. You're doing A, B, and C, which is, yeah, he's doing them, but you don't know how he feels. You don't know the truth about him. It could be that he doesn't really feel that way about himself, but that it's something verbally that he's doing habitually or mm-hmm. something like that. And sometimes you know, so we, you're assuming yeah. a, you're assuming a lot. So, so you it's should. it's so it's so much more powerful to come from that space of, hey, I just love you and you're doing a really good job. I I, I think that that's fabulous. So one of the ways you can share your heart is just by saying, hey, you know what? I'm really happy that we're here in this moment. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be a big Mm -hmm. deal. You're not hitting on them or anything like that. But I want to get back to something else. I know we've talked about this for a minute, but, but I want to get back to something else too. And that is just like everything else in the world, there is never 
a right time. There is never a quote unquote safe time to do it. When you think about, we're going to save up enough money to go do this. Or when I finally get validation, I'm going to, you know, sell my novel. Or when I get a clear sense that that person loves me, then I'm going to ask them out to the fall social or whatever. That's reverse. It never works that way. I don't think there's such a thing as a fall social. I sound like I'm 97 years old. Yeah, I know. I'm like, but, how old are you? But you know what I mean? Let's listen to some gramophone <laughs> records together. But you know what sit I on mean? the Davenport. That is sit on the Davenport and the Schiffero. You know what I mean? There is no. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You're not going to know they love you, and that will give you permission to ask right. them on a date. You ask them on a date, right? Life is like that. I'm here to tell you that there is no outwardly safe time. There's always going to be more money that would make it easier. There's always going to be, well, if I had a couple more days off before I went on that project, there's always going to be a little bit more. If you define yourself by the facts, there's always more facts, mm -hmm. couple more bucks, couple little bit more time, whatever. Define yourself by the truth. And you know, you know what? There's not a safe time externally, but internally, I feel honest with the way that I feel. Right. I am grounded, and that's real safety, mm -hmm. in the fact that, you know what, I think you're a good guy. I'm grounded in the fact that, you know what, I happen to believe that love always wins, even if it's a heck of a battle. You know what, I'm grounded in that. That's my safety. Mm -hmm. The Lord is my rock and my redeemer, and I encounter that on the inside. And that's how you change the world. You don't wait for the world to get done changing. Good luck. Don't right. hold your breath. Right. But you change the world by getting grounded in something on the inside. So how do I share my heart? Figure out what's in your heart. And then you'll find little ways if you give yourself to it. And that's the secret. You'll find yeah, little ways. Yeah, give over. Yeah. Give over. Yeah. Surrender. Yeah. It's part of it. All right. We're going to do one more question. Okay. And I'll go ahead and read that now. I get that I'm supposed to stretch myself. Am I allowed to want peace? Sorry, yeah. I don't have my glasses on, y'all. <laughs> so, yeah, let me read that a little bit better. Um, maybe make it closer, further away. I don't know. I get that I'm supposed to stretch myself. Am I allowed to want peace? And I, I loved reading that question because it's been a big thing for me for a long time to say you're not supposed to go looking for validation. Mm -hmm. And this kind of is funny. This dovetails on the other question that we just answered. Your job in life is not to seek agreement and validation and confirmation. Validation, confirmation, agreement, these are byproducts, not goals. You're not supposed to go looking for them. Mm -hmm. If you're the kind of person that goes looking for validation, first of all, it's never going to be enough. You're never going to get enough pats on the back and, and people telling you it's okay. Never going to happen. But more than that, you are here to challenge yourself. You are here to get out of your comfort zone because that is where faith lives. And we know that faith is the name of the game, right? This is a stepping out onto something. The other day I, I wrote a, a blog post and it had to do with a number of things about the quarantine, about mm -hmm. some other things. I'd love for you to go check out my blog on my website, waypastok.com. But one of the things I talked about is the pivotal moment. Remember the 1970s Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory movie, Gene Wilder and yep. uh, and Peter Ostrom is the name of the kid mm -hmm. that played Charlie. I pulled that out of the air. And uh, the guy from Chico and the Man, Jack Albertson, I think, um, played Grandpa Joe and mm -hmm. whatever. But uh, anyway, the pivotal moment, and look, it's from the 70s. I, if I spoil it, I spoil it. The pivotal moment when Charlie wins the day, 
when he's given the chocolate factory, when all of his dreams come true and everything else, is after he thinks he's not going to get it. He right. feels like he has lost everything. everything. But Charlie gives the everlasting gobstopper back to Willy Wonka in an act of pure faith, of, of complete faith, pure faith, mm -hmm. come pure is a new word now, <laughs> in an act of come pure faith, he gives he gives away this thing that maybe could have made him some money. He was going to sell it. Remember, Grandpa Joe was going to sell yeah. it. Go watch the movie. It's a great movie. It's kind of scary. But um, anyway, he steps out on faith, even though there is no reason for him to believe that There's it's no going to do him sign, any good. Right. But because he does that, Willy Wonka knows that he is pure of heart. He's passed the test. Mm -hmm. And this is right down the line of a Joseph Campbell hero story, kind of a moment. The hero has stepped out of his own ego. It happens over and over again. This is Luke Skywalker turning off the targeting computer. It happens over and over again. But the point is, it's that. It's that moment of faith where you go, I, I don't know how this is going to go. I'm just going to give. And so I talk about stepping out of your comfort zone all the time. I talk about not looking for validation all the time. I talk about it a lot. And so it is, I'm so grateful that someone has finally challenged me on this a little bit because yeah, can there be a, a moment of dang peace? Is it okay to... Can I stop working on this stuff for a minute yeah. and just be, have, be content and be peaceful? Trust me, I live with him. <laughs> no, no, there is. There, there, there is absolutely. Because I sleep from time to time. But, you do. It's his quiet. But it's a fair About seven question. hours a night. Am I allowed to actually want peace? Is that okay? Because... I really would like some. And, you know, you watch the news and you just wish everything was quiet for a minute or, you know, can you can we just not do the quarantine thing anymore or whatever? We drove by the down past the beach on one of our dates because our dates consist a lot of we have a date night and usually we get carry out and we eat it in the car. Mm -hmm. We have a little bag that we pack with all of our drinks and our silverware and napkins and after dinner mints because that's important, important. on a date. But then we usually, and go, we for usually a, go for a drive or something yeah, because we, yeah. I don't feel that it's responsible for us. I just don't feel comfortable yeah. yet. But so we yeah. drove down by the beach and there were so, so many, many people, yeah. no masks, taking selfies, hanging out, doing the yeah. thing. And it was so funny. I caught myself. These two guys gave each other a big hug and I actually said, there's no hugging. There's no hugging. There's no hugging. Stop I hugging. Could... Yeah. And so <laughs> I get seeing something like that and going, you know, can we just, just calm down? Right. Right. And you look at your own life and I'm sure that there are moments when there's just one too many bills coming in or mm -hmm. whatever. And you just want some peace. I don't need there to be a cure for cancer in this moment. It'd be nice someday. But right now, I just want to take a breath. Yeah, I, I need get something it. simple Yeah, and something peaceful. And so what I want you to know is, yes, of course, it's okay to want peace. Absolutely. But let me say that peace doesn't look like what people have sold you it looks like. Here's what I'm trying to say. It's okay to want peace, but don't go looking for stagnation. Stagnation is death, and you don't want that. What you want is a different kind of peace. I want you to imagine the peace that you see when, um, when a surfer is riding that surfboard, and they have to be completely serene and balanced and in tune. It is the definition of peace, but it's also motion and action and paying attention to your balance and watching the waves and watching and focus a and million faith. things. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm not much of a golfer. I haven't played golf in a million years, but I think we, that was one of our anniversaries for our ninth wedding anniversary 
there was a nighttime golfing place and we went and played yeah. a but couple of rounds. I think I beat you. I'm pretty, sure you did. Pretty sure. Usually you do. But <laughs> my point is I'm not very good at it. But what I do know is that I'm only able to make the ball go where I want when I am serene, right. when I'm centered. And it's a funny thing. I've talked to people who are much better than I am at golfing and they have that same experience. Well, there's motion and there's focus and there's aiming and there's thinking and there's wind speed and there's a hundred variables. And yet you have to be at peace in that moment if it's going to go anywhere you want. And I'm sure most sports are like that. Probably all sports are like that. It's not a piece of holding still. It's a piece that comes from being in tune with motion. You ever drive the car and you put your hand out the window and you surf the waves of the of the air going by? It's that piece. Right. Because you're not, you know steering all crazy when you do that. In no. fact, you're more comfortable with your steering and you're not veering into lanes and you're not, you know, doing crazy stuff. And yet you're able to have that moment of serenity it's of, the, yeah. uh, and being, and really just the, I think it has to do with acknowledging being in tune with the oneness of the universe. Mm -hmm. I really do. Yeah. And if you it can is. get there, it's because the universe is constantly moving. Yeah. Constantly changing, constantly evolving. So it's we're always changing seasons. The days, even our days don't last as long as they did yesterday. I mean, we're well, getting in it this economy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, I mean, there's different. I mean, yesterday, the sun was out for a minute longer. Yeah. Well, 60 so seconds longer, the, 30 seconds and longer. All and of those it's, examples it's involve focus changing. on something. Right. So the, the, the one that pops out for me as I say this is. You've seen it like a ballerina spin and they have a focal they have point to have a focal and they point. spin and they come back to the focus and they spin and they come back to the focus. Mm -hmm. And you've seen any kind of dancer do that. Well, that's it. The piece is find yourself a focal point, love, truth, beauty, inspiration. Mm -hmm. Let that be your piece. Life is going to keep on spinning. The world is going to keep on spinning. The days get longer and shorter and longer and shorter. Um, Interest rates fluctuate, hairstyles change. These things are going to keep on happening. But if you have a focal point, those things, just like at the very beginning, I love how all of this has worked together. It's amazing. We didn't plan this. Mm -mm. But those things that can't tell you who you are will not rock the boat, the surfboard right. of your life anymore. Am I allowed to want peace? Yes. But it is a peace that passes all understanding. understanding, just like the Bible says. And one of the things that means is... It's one of it, my favorite childhood I songs. That. I love... Yeah. Peace that passes understanding. Yeah. Down, down in, in my heart. heart. <laughs> um, but it, the idea is, if it passes all understanding, it means you can't fit it between your ears. Right. Am I allowed to want peace? Yes. But you are not, not allowed to try and own it intellectually, mm -hmm. to try and figure it out. Life is something that you feel out. So find the thing that makes you feel loved and loving, at peace and peaceful, these things. Focus on that. And the other things, the things that come and go, will continue to come and go. And it's going to be okay. So thank you for sending in your questions. Yeah. Please continue to do that. We love answering them. And it really helps us to understand where you all are at and what we need to focus on more. But now we really want to kind of get into the lesson-y part of, of this conversation, the the meat of, of what is happening. So do you want to go ahead and open open with that? Finish up your... Finish up your Take sip of sip. coffee. Take your um, sip. Yeah. So as we talk about the called out idea as it applies to the individual, 
a story comes to mind for me. And I just wanted to share the story with you. And it, you're in the story too, but... I'm in most of your stories, which, you're which is, muse. is very sweet. Um, I, I think it's just because I'm around, but yeah. then that's okay. Um, so a while back, as, as you know, you're watching this, I'm a minister and uh, you and I have served at a number of churches all over the place and spoken on the road and done that. But we were working at a church some time ago and we'd worked there for a long time and it was going okay, but it's tricky when you're a minister. I imagine it's the truth. It's true about every kind of job title. You have your own ideas for how you want to do things. And you might be right, you might be wrong, but they're your ideas. And I had very strong ideas about what I wanted done, but I wasn't the senior minister. And so... Yeah, whenever you have a, assistant or associate in front of yeah. your title, and, it means, you know, you're not you're not the one really in charge of making the shots. Yeah, and that's okay. And that's okay there's because there's... paying your dues, no, that kind of there's thing. No, there's a, there's a time and a place for yeah. everything and a, and a time for learning and, and being that. But I think we had felt or you had felt that your time of learning was maybe approaching its end and well, that, you know, evolving into a more senior role. Yeah. So so imagine yourself in that situation. And I imagine that everyone has some version of that where it's like, okay, it's the moment when you're a teenager and you want to move out of the house, for example, where you go, you know what? I know I'm going to make mistakes, but at least they'll be my mistakes. They'll, they'll be mine, you know? And so it got to the place where at this church, every time we would pull up to just go in for a work day at the church or to go do the service or teach a class, whatever, we would sit in the parking lot for a minute and just kind of have to like, okay, steal ourselves. here we go. You know, you know take a breath, make, you know, and, and really it was like mentally putting armor on. Yeah. And so again, yeah, whether or not you've served at a church, I imagine you have some version of this in your own lives. You get to that place where you go, okay. And so that happened for a good long period of time. And eventually it got to the place where Every room of the church I was in, I was sort of mentally redecorating. You know, someday if I'm in charge, I'm going to do these things differently. Mm -hmm. And, you know, down to, I think the board meeting ought to go like this. I think the educational program ought to go like this. I think the order of service at the church ought to go like this. I think the way that we do this and that and the other ought to go like this. We shouldn't be doing that, but we should be doing that. You name it. But I was mentally redecorating in every sense of the word, everything that was going on and the overarching sentiment. The thing that I felt over and over again was if this person, the senior minister, if this person would just get out of the way, right? you know, if they would just get out of the way and let me do my thing. And I don't pretend like I know everything, but at least once again, they'll be my mistakes. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that's ego, but in the moment, it just, it was something that I could not escape. So, well, I think we had felt like we had we had paid our dues, we had earned it, you know, that we were owed it mm -hmm. to a certain extent. I think, right or and wrong. again, right or wrong, and I think again, uh, whether it was coming from an ego place or a place of just being tired, it it was how we felt in the moment. Yeah, but so I had this feeling if this person would just get out of the way, and once again, you have your version of this. I bet you do. Think mm -hmm. back, but. Something interesting happened along the way. I mean, first of all, we're both working as hard as we could work doing things and fairly successfully. Everything was going yeah. well by any metric you can imagine. Mm -hmm. By but, the outward facts, but everything was going well. But right? all of a sudden something happened. Doesn't matter what. And we both got fired out of the blue or so it seemed. And 
it was such an amazing, wonderful blessing. I know that seems like a funny thing to say, but I am so grateful because what happened was life, the universe and everything, God gave us the lesson of, you know, you're waiting for that person to get out of the way. Turns out that person was you. Mm -hmm. Ever since then, this is a real David and Bathsheba and Nathan moment. Go read your Bible about that amazing story. If you Google David, Bathsheba, Nathan, you'll hear the story where Nathan, the prophet goes, you're the problem Mm -hmm. in so many words. And it's a beautiful, beautiful moment when you realize, oh, wait a minute, it was me. And I'm telling you this story because, first of all, I want you to know that the story has a happy ending. I've never felt better as a minister. Right. This was the beginning of so many wonderful things for us. We went on the well, road and we wrote books and we started yeah. Water and Stone and a million other incredible yeah. blessings. And that we got we out probably for, would have never done. Oh, no. And so I am profoundly grateful for getting fired. But what I want you to know is there are things in your life that are going on that might feel like there's just a, a cosmic clog in the universe, you know, that there's just no way that something's got to give. And it might just be that what needs to give is you. It might just be that the point of this is not you getting your way. Because something amazing happens in every story where the hero doesn't get their way. Think about all the stories, you know, the movies that you watch and, and everything else. This idea of being called out means getting yourself, out right? of, yeah, getting, yeah. call out of your own stuff, mm -hmm. get past your own ego thing and understand that looking at life in another way could be the most incredible blessing you ever imagined. You didn't imagine. Mm -hmm. There's something that's calling you out. There's somebody or some situation that you feel like is the problem. And it could just be that you're not supposed to be there. It could just be that you are in the way of the flow of universal good. So take a look this week at what you can call out of yourself, what you can share with other people from your heart and what you can get moving with in your life. Absolutely. Well, and I, when we talk about being called out, right? I think that there is a tendency to sit in your your rightness uh -huh. that that um and go, just going back to the story I think we were a little bit blinded and it it doesn't matter if the person that we were working for or the organization that we were working for was good or bad or in yeah, between not the point. it's not the point it was how we were in that situation because even if it wasn't the best situation because there was some personality conflicts mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But even if it had been a glorious situation, I know us and I know that we would still be mentally redecorating, mentally yeah. changing, trying to change policy, doing it the way that we wanted to do it because you can't help it. And that's and it, creepy when you think about it. It is. It's, it, it it's, is. It's, like a, it's like a family of people going, hey, when we visit grandpa, let's think about what we're going to do once he finally dies and we get to own all of his stuff. That's yeah, weird. That's, that's weird. yucky, well, you know, yeah, and I don't want to be it, that way. Yeah. You know? I'm, and, and so I think part of it was... Um, owning our responsibility in that. We always like to this say that- This is a huge part of being called out. It is. And I always like to say, no matter what relationship um, you're in, you are you have a percentage in that relationship. Even if it's one or 2%, 
you have to take ownership yeah. of that one or two percent. Maybe it's 50 50, maybe it's 60 40. Um, but you got to say, but in you it. have You've a say in, in it, game. and yeah. you have something that you have contributed to that relationship, good or bad or in between. And you must own that responsibility and you must own that part of the good and the bad that you brought to it because that is that is calling yourself out. And I would even go so far as to say, if you are in a place of trying to defend yourself, there it is. You you are not really calling yourself out because if you're defending yourself, it means that you're trying to rationalize something to yourself. Yeah, look it, look it, at the places where you need to be right. Because if you need to be right in that situation, and you know exactly what I yep. mean, if you need to be right in that situation, it probably means there's a part of your heart that doubts that you are right. Otherwise, you wouldn't question it. I don't need to be right about my shoe size or gravity or the fact that I love my kids. I don't need to be right about it. I don't got to prove it. I, I live it. It's truth about me, right? Well, Think about the places where you need to be right. And it might just be that there's something that you need to let go of mm -hmm. right in that moment. That is a huge piece of homework. So we're still watching the show alone. And I only bring this up because <laughs> it reminds me, we're watching an episode. I don't even remember what season it was, but we were watching an episode and there's this contestant. His name is Larry. Season and uh, two. I think it was, yeah, I think Larry's it was season two. It's Larry no, season two. Okay. Larry because, is a part of my consciousness now because I always say, don't be like don't that. Don't be like Larry. You're being a Larry. You're really being a Larry. <laughs> but he's out there and he's alone. And we love the show because it brings out this amazing quality in people about who they really are. You want to talk about being called out, go out into the wilderness for how many, yeah. however many days. And you're going to figure out that you're only by yourself. But Larry hadn't quite figured that out yet because he he made a mistake or I think he tripped over a tree trunk or something like that. And he started swearing at the... I and, remember the part. And he literally kicked a tree. Yeah, because it, it wasn't like the tree put its foot out. No, the, I mean, it's like, there, I mean, and, and he... It was the tree's fault. Right, but he made, he made the mistake. Mm -hmm. And I know in my life... I've kicked trees before yeah. where it, it's, it's just been one of those things where in this relationship, regardless of who is right and who is wrong, you have to take that ownership because you are never 100% in the right. Yeah. You, you always play a role in that. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, well, you always have is, a percentage well, of, a, of that, of that ownership. A, it takes two to tango thing. And, and here's the thing. Imagine for a moment that that other person is completely out to get you. First of all, they're not. Right. There's they're no barely super, even thinking about you. They're really thinking about themselves. It's a but. complete ego trip to assume that you have some kind of enemy. You're not Sherlock. He's not Professor Moriarty. It doesn't work like that. Everybody's just trying to figure their way out to get through the day. It doesn't work that way. But pretend for a moment that they are your arch enemy. The only way to get to healing is to say like Joseph and the and the Technicolor Dreamcoat guy. I was to specify there's a lot of Josephs in the Bible. That Joseph, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. That's the way. So even if they meant to trip you, that tree, mm -hmm. you can go look. You meant to mess me up, but but God's in charge of my life. So what can you do to me? And you I get think, to that indefensible place. Well, it's that moment of surrender. Yeah. And the moment that you surrender, the moment you say the battle is the Lord's, that I don't have to do that. Take ownership, call yourself out. 
you know, take ownership and your responsibility for that, that you're the one that tripped over the tree trunk, Yes. you know, that you're the one that made the mistake. Okay, fine. And then surrender over to it. Because again, like I said, the battle is the Lord's. And the moment that you do that, that is when that peace that we were talking about in that question comes because there's this huge release of, okay, you know, I know that I did this. I know that I quote unquote sinned. I missed the mark. And now let's move on from this situation so that I can have that peace so I can grow and call yourself out. Well, I love that. And, you know, I love the song, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. It's part of my childhood. I think it's really important, but it's not accurate because peace doesn't begin with you. It's God's peace. You want to get to the place where things are working better for you. Understand that peace is not going to come on your terms. It's not yours. This is God's peace. And you may not be patient about how that comes, but it will come when you let go of ownership. Of mm-hmm. it. Now, with that in mind, I think this is a good time to, to just uh, sum up our homework really quick. We've talked about it a bunch of times, so I'll, I'll go pretty fast. Well, there's the five steps that we yeah. have been talking about. And if you missed and, and if you want a more complete kind of overall understanding of what those five steps are, go back and watch last week's because we explained it really, really well. Yeah. Just very, very briefly. Yeah. Make the list of the people on the front row of your life. Pray about them every day. Invest in their success in, in healthy ways. Share your heart, not your theology with them and Mm -hmm. give them some grace and space. But along the way, as you're working on that, please let us know how it's working for you. We want to be your prayer partners in this, but also Ask yourself, what parts of that are really, really easy for you? And right. What and what parts, parts are hard? Are really, really challenging Where for you your because that's thoughts. God trying to come through mm-hmm. for you to tell you something. And that is a really important lesson. Yeah, I think so too. And we had written down, in addition to those five steps, because this is calling out, this week is all about calling out yourself. We oh. had we had written out... Um, Uh, Again, where in the homework are your weak spots and where do you need healing? Those are really important questions to to answer and to ask yourself. Again, a very important part of starting here. Mm -hmm. Be honest with yourself. Be brutally honest with yourself, but also be kind to yourself because everybody's working on this. Nobody's perfect. We're getting to and a place, you don't right? have to work on that alone either. Part of it is you might find that, you know, going back to the how do I share my heart thing, maybe what you can share your heart about is, hey, I'm working on this homework. Mm-hmm. I know that it's impactful. I believe that it is the way to change the world. I really, really do believe that it's the biblical blueprint for changing things. But you might find that one of the things you can share with somebody is, hey, I, I want to be the kind of person who invests in other people's success, but I, I don't know what that means in my life. Mm-hmm. And share that with somebody. You might find out some interesting things and it might bring you closer to somebody else. So lots to work on. Well, and I think it's important to identify where you're at in this process. Knowing where you're at and knowing um, where you need to work on and, and again, being honest. And having that beginner mind, having that open mind to not beat yourself up like the guy in, that Dieter's been working with because we're, we're working on him. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bless him in prayers yeah, this I'll week. Yeah, I'll tell you I, his name I, after, You didn't tell me that story this week. But, but I think that just taking that a moment and saying, you know what? I'm going to see him just proud of the stuff that he's doing and capable and all of it. But don't beat yourself up identify where you're at, have an open mind, have a beginner mind, and then go from there and small steps. 
Call yourself out in small steps. Share your heart in small steps in the way that you can do it, right? And yeah. I think that that's I think that that's such an amazing transformative way to do this. Yeah. And like you said, it will it will change the world. It starts I, here. I, I know that it will. It is making an impact in our lives and the lives of people mm-hmm. who have been communicating with us. Please keep it coming. Now, with that in mind, it's time to take our opportunity to give. If you have felt any spiritual food from this, we give thanks for you uh, giving back in that way, helping to support what we're doing. We're, uh, we're counting on you more than ever to do that, but one way or another, please give wherever you receive spiritual food. Amen. And you can do yeah. that by going to donate.waterandstonechurch.com. Open a new browser window so you don't lose the browser window you're but in. But it's also, there's, all kinds of there's stuff also you can a do. link in the description box of the YouTube if you go down and it says, show me more. There's a link right there and that link will open it up in a new browser window. So if you're, if you're feeling funny about leaving the conversation and you don't want to close that, you can just open it right back up just by clicking that link. It's no big deal. But so with that in mind, let's bless our offering together. God God is is my my source, my my unending supply. supply. With With this this gift, I carry carry my gratitude into action. God's blessings flow through me and fill my world. I give and I live with radical joy. Amen. Amen. And finally, as we close today, I want you to remember that you are not alone because we speak the word as a family. Together, God, I'm ready for change. My heart is open. I'm not afraid anymore. My life is in peace and on purpose. Amen. Now go show the world what love looks like today. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do based on what you've heard can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube where you can watch the videos. Come join us in person. Our street address and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.